Hey everybody, welcome to EEMP, Emotional Empowerment Movement Podcast. My name is Eric Paschal and as always, I am thrilled to be here. Have you, have you ever wondered why you could be so smart, so bright, have so many answers and be so fucking stupid? Well, I did and I have. And it nearly, it nearly killed me. I remember thinking, oh, around 2003 or so, that I've had enough of life. I had a head full of answers. I had a way that I wished to be in my life. And I couldn't apply those answers to anything I was doing just about. And I was like a walking dichotomy. It was like, I'm a peaceful, calm, kind person, and now I find myself screaming in your face, calling you names. How can that exist? Can you relate? How is it that we're able to tell ourselves and other people that we are giving, and yet we find ourselves being selfish so often? How about we tell ourselves that we love ourselves, and yet we continue to put in us unhealthy things, unhealthy people. We surround ourselves in unhealthy places. We do things that aren't consistent with saying or actually feeling and experiencing self-love. How, how is it that there's so much incongruency in life? In fact, as I continue to study myself, I, I found myself studying other people as well. And some of the greatest people I knew, some of the greatest scholars I knew, some of the greatest rabbis, priests, psychologists, psychiatrists, as I got to know them more interpersonally, I kept finding out that the way they presented themselves wasn't actually the way they were. I found that to be true with myself. And I was really scared. It was like, are we all purposefully trying to bullshit each other? I didn't feel like I was, and yet I continue to bullshit myself and you. I was curious, does anybody ever walk the walk and not just talk the talk? And that led me on a wild ride, which I'm not going to get into today. But I have some answers for you, and you are going to absolutely love them. You're not going to know how to implement them necessarily. You're not going to be thrilled with what I have to say, but you're going to love that you have a construct to start to come from. In fact, if you keep tuning into this, as I've spoken before about, this is Vedantic philosophy. And in order to really start to carry along conversations, in order for us to understand one another, more importantly, for us to understand ourselves and for us to assess the world, we've got to get the information I'm about to share with you. And it's so rudimentary, it's so basic, that at first you're going to trip out and say, why did I not learn this earlier? Why isn't anyone teaching this? But before we get into that, let's get into the topic today. The topic is, is your equipments. Did you know that you have a body a mind and an intellect, excuse me. You have a body, mind, and intellect, the BMI. Every 
every human being is made up of two components, spirit and matter. We're, it doesn't matter about the spirit. Forget about the spirit. We're not talking about the spirit. I'm not going to get into that with you. Because what is embodied in the manner is your personality, is where you make choices from, is how you carve out your life. No matter what you believe or want to believe about the spirit, it is your matter and your matter alone that gets you from point A to B, that gets you in the seat that you're in right now, that has created the person you have become and will create the person you will become. So the spirit we set aside, thank you spirit, if you like a spirit, if you don't like a spirit, fuck you spirit, we're talking about your equipments. Let's start with your body. The body is a basic thing. The body is a basic thing. You don't have to be a rocket scientist, you don't have to study anatomy. I don't need a, a skeleton here to, to break it down for you. Your body is a basic organism. It's made of flesh and bone, and it is the place in which you have organs of perception and organs of action. So let's talk about the organs of perception a bit. You have eyes to see the world with, you have ears to hear the world with, you have a tongue to taste, you have a nose to smell, you have skin to touch. That's it. We don't... In order to carve out a great life, the life of your dreams, the partner of your dreams, the freaking job of your dreams, you don't have to know anything else about your body, essentially, than this. Because these parts of our body, this part of our equipment isn't what makes our life. It's the other things I'll be talking about. So you have these organs of elimination, Reproduction, meaning that you can have babies, that we urinate and have bowel movements. Uh, you have organs of action, your arms, your legs, that, that get you going. This is your body. Now, no matter how fit, no matter how strong, no matter how badass you make your body, no matter how beautiful you make your body, Having a great body doesn't mean a goddamn thing. It doesn't mean a goddamn thing. It doesn't mean shit in terms of the actual life you have, meaning that it's not going to make your life wonderful. If, if, if being beautiful, if having a great body meant that you'd have the perfect life, the life of your dreams, that means everyone in Hollywood would be happy. And everyone in, Hollow uh, in Hollywood, Halloween, I was thinking Halloween because that's what it's like. It's pretend. Everybody's got masks on in Hollywood. They've nicked, nipped, they've talked, they've snipped, they've lasered, they sucked, whatever they've done, and they're still fucked. No matter how perky your breasts get, no matter how seamless your smile is, no matter what color of your eyes are, it's not going to make you happy. It's not going to create a wonderful marriage. It won't make you an incredible parent. It won't make you appreciate the blessings you have. It won't make you comfortable in your own skin. It won't make you even look at yourself in the mirror and see something beautiful 
because anyone who's ever messed around with those things just keeps going. It's endless. So I'm saying this and I'm driving this home because in our world, look what we do to whore ourselves for some beauty. Look what we're willing to give away. Look what we're willing to spend. Look what we're willing to do to beautify this shell. And all I'm saying is no matter how beautiful you make it, you won't make it. You won't make it. Otherwise, every pretty person would be happy. And we know that's not the truth. Now, some of you are watching and are like, that's great. I'll keep eating potato chips and stuff myself with the shit I like because it doesn't make... No, that's not what I'm... I'm not giving you permission. I'm not giving you permission not to take care of yourself. I'm just saying that in our pursuit of beauty, you become a duty. It doesn't beautify you. It doesn't, it doesn't take us where we all want to go. Where do we want to go? We want to be happy. There's not a person in this world that doesn't want happiness, peace, love. It's one and the same. And if you go and try to do that through the use of your body, it's not going to get you anywhere. Will it get you more attention? Sure, because there's a high price on beauty in this world. But that attention doesn't make you happy. Will it get you a job? It could, but that job won't make you happy. Will it get you a partner? Sure, but that partner won't make you happy because if you're getting all these things from your physical beauty, number one, your beauty will change. So all those things will change as well. And two, you'll never really feel love because they're not loving you. They're loving your body and you aren't your body. Everybody get that straight. If someone's loving your body, they're not loving you because you are not your body body. So that's where we end the body discussion. I mean, if you're one of these people that are so obsessed with your body and you want to know why, or you want to know more about it, fine. But I'm about to explain why you will want to know more about the body. What is it in you that wants to know more? What is it in you that's not interested in the body? What is it in you that likes rock music? What is it in you that hates rock music. You ever think about that? Why do you like something and someone else doesn't like it? I guess it'd be a good time to say this statement. There is no inherent good in the world and there's no inherent bad in the world. I'll repeat. There's no inherent good in the world. There's no inherent bad in the world. What do you mean, Eric? What do you mean? People always say this to me. Isn't that bad? Isn't that good? To who? Look, I have Jordan here per usual and Rena, my wife, and they love a coffee. I can't stand coffee. I don't like the taste. Is coffee good? Is coffee bad? Does coffee taste good? Does coffee taste bad? I think it tastes bad. They think it tastes good. Who's right? I have an ex-wife. She's remarried. He loves and adores this woman. God bless her. I didn't love and adore this woman. Who's right? Me or this guy? There's a job right now. Someone's working that they love. Someone loves being behind a desk all alone with no one bothering them, looking in front of a computer and just digging in. Someone loves that job. For someone like me, it would be death to me. Is that job good or is that job bad? Do you see where I'm going? What makes something good 
and what makes something bad? That's a question to you. What makes something good and what makes something bad? What makes something wonderful? What makes something miserable? What makes something exciting? What makes something boring? You ready? You. Now, isn't that awesome? You've got that power. You, you make every single thing what it is. Nothing else. This whole world is nothing more than neutrality. And you contacting it makes it what it is. And you can change it and you can maintain it depending on whether or not what you perceive and what you connect to is healthy for you. And what's doing that? What is doing that? So I said we have a body, a mind, and an intellect. Let's talk. Let's, let's talk. Let's talk. That's a good thing. Stalking comes from, <laughs> stalking comes from your mind. That's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking, not stalking, hopefully, about your mind. But that's where stalking comes from. That's where obsession comes from. Your mind. Have you ever been like, you say, oh, I'm so obsessed with this show. I'm so obsessed with this drink. I'm so obsessed with this person. I'm so obsessed with this activity. That obsession comes from your mind. What is the mind? I'm not talking about what's between your temples right here. The mind, philosophically speaking, the mind is your sense center. This is important. So please put down your phones. If you're driving, pull over. You know, I keep hearing this shit about podcasts are great because we listen to them in the background. You don't really, fuck that. You don't multitask when something important needs to be heard or done. You focus. But why are you multitasking right now? Your mind. Your mind doesn't want to focus on one thing. It's your sense center. So the mind, listen closely, the mind uses your eyes, your ears, your nose, and your tongue, and your skin to take in the world. You have five gates. The whole world is taken into what you believe is you. It's really your mind. And it's, what it's not what your eyes are seeing that registers this particular sight. It's what the eyes see through the mind. That's what I'm saying. Why is it the two... Two people can be next to each other looking at one thing, a painting, a picture, a view, a person. One person says, ooh, I find that to be ugly and boring. The other person says, I find that to be wonderful and exciting. It's the mind. It is the mind. Your eyes don't truly just see. They're seeing what the mind perceives. Your ears aren't hearing. Why do people hear differently? Same sentence is spoken. Everyone in the room hears it differently. Why? The mind. Taste, same thing. Everyone puts in a, a candy in their mouth and everyone has a different response. Why? The mind. The mind. A touch. Some people like to be touched certain ways. Some people like to be touched the exact opposite way. Why? The mind. The mind is your sense center. And once the mind contacts something it likes, guess what? All it wants is more. And when the mind contacts something that it doesn't like, all it wants is to never be involved with that again. So the mind produces your likes and your dislikes. 
The mind also, the mind also, and this is important, the mind is it's not satiable. Have you ever wondered why it is you're always wanting something? Why you're always wanting something? Look around this world. Now, part of this whole movement and this podcast is for you to become an observer, an observer of yourself and other people. And what you'll be really observing is other people's minds. You'll be watching. Do you know anybody that isn't constantly trying to make the world different in some way, to either change the world or extract something from it? Always the hustle and bustle of a day in this life, whether you're four years old, 44, or 104, is constantly tinkering and toying with the world in some way, shape, or form. Even when other people look at us and say, wow, he has it all. I want what that person has. You ever say that? And I know some of you are like, ooh, icky, no, no, I'm not jealous, I'm not envious. I'm not talking about that. You just recognize someone's life and you go, that's cool, I want that. I'd love to have that. You've had to have done that because you've wanted kids. Where'd you get that idea? Other people. You wanted a partner. Where'd you get that other idea? Other people. All these ideas are coming in from the world. They're contacting your mind and you're wanting. And most of all, if you say, you know what? I don't want anything, Eric. You're already full of shit. You're just like all these other people that are spewing this stuff. You think you're better and everything. You think you know everybody. I've got you. I've got you. If you want nothing else in life, you want this. You want what you have currently to stay the same. And that's one hell of a taxing job mentally every day because everything changes. That's the law. So your mind creates likes and dislikes. It perceives the world through your organs of perception. It's insatiable. And I'm getting to what we were talking about earlier when I was introducing this concept. The mind is impulsive. And the mind only wants what it wants. It's not concerned with the bigger picture in life. It's not really concerned with other people, places, and things. It's not concerned with consequences. It's not going to really think about, well, what happens if I do this and it feels good now? What happens after that? So, so this is where we see the incongruences in our life. You, you take a guy like me who really, really, really wants to. I, I, I want to help. I want to help myself and I want to help other people. I want to be involved in people's lives in a way that's impactful. I want to give. Yet I find myself so often being selfish and self-consumed. Why? Why is that? I, how is it that I can appreciate all that I have, all that I've been through, all that's been earned and all that's been given to me, and at the same time, I'm still out there chasing things? The mind. This is what I'm saying. The mind can take you anywhere. The mind can take a peaceful, nonviolent person and make them a violent maniac if you keep feeding the mind. Do you know how many, put it this way, have you ever said to yourself, 
after doing something. I can't believe I did that. That's not me. Have you ever set a boundary for yourself? Have you ever set a boundary for yourself and you'd say, I never do that. You ever listen to a friend telling a story? I'll never forget. I was um, working with a couple and this man was cheating on his wife. He was cheating on his wife and eventually he was found out. But what he didn't know and I didn't know either was she was cheating on him. And I'll never forget speaking with her once it was all found out. And she just looked at me and she was crying and she said, Eric, I never thought, I never thought I'd be this person. I never thought I'd be this person. I never thought I could do this. And she was absolutely genuine. Many of us can relate to that. And if you can't believe me, you live long enough in this world, you will most likely cross that boundary. Why? The mind. The mind can take you there. The mind is that piece of equipment in you that because, because it's your sense center, because it's the place where you feel, if you feel hurt at the level of the mind, the mind will want revenge. The mind will want justice. The mind will rationalize that if that was done to me, then I can do this to him. That's your mind. Now, your mind is also the place where you love, where you care. The mind's the place that feeds you with gratitude and devotion. The mind isn't a bad place. However, if the mind goes ungoverned, then it becomes dangerous. Let me put it this way to you. Would you let a five-year-old rule the roost? Would you, would you leave a 14-year-old, a 15, a 16, 17-year-old to themselves? Would you tell your 18-year-old, hey, here's the keys to the kingdom. We're never checking in again. Of course you wouldn't because as mature as even an 18-year-old is or as fun as a five-year-old may be, they do not have the skill set yet developmentally to run an entire life. It would be chaos. Similarly, your mind doesn't either. So there's nothing wrong with it, but its nature is to be promiscuous. Its, its nature is to, to toy with us. Its nature is to tell us to stop when it's time to go. It will tell us to cease, put an end to something when things are just getting started. It will tell us to say yes when we should be saying no. It's a trickster. It's just its nature. And if you understand a trickster and you learn how to get along with the trickster and you are in control of the trickster, then it's fun. Then it's exciting. Then all the positive aspects of it become what makes us human, what makes life full of zest, what makes it dynamic. It allows us to see the colors in the world and see the diversity and the unity in it. The mind's a powerful thing and shouldn't be shut down. It just has to be governed. So how do you govern it? So remember 
when I said, have you ever felt or asked that there's an incongruency in you? Remember when I just said that I had a head full of knowledge and couldn't put it to use? I meant, for example, I could know, you could know the right things to eat, but you don't eat them. You could know, you could know the importance of working out. In fact, in fact, I have several people in my life that understand clearly how important, how good it is, how good they feel afterwards working out is, and yet they don't work out. You could know the right people to hang around and you don't hang out with those people. You could even know the right thing to say in a particular situation and you don't say it. That's because the mind is running the show. Once the intellect runs the show, once the intellect runs the show, then you know the right thing and you do the right thing. You know the right thing and you do the right thing. Let me give you another example. We use mind and intellect. Let's replace the mind for knowledge and the intellect for wisdom. The mind would be information. The intellect is transformation, right? So that's knowledge, wisdom, mind, intellect. The, the mind slash knowledge would be theory. The intellect, intellect slash wisdom would be action. See where I'm going with this? The mind slash knowledge would be tuition, meaning, meaning, meaning that you're, it's external. Wisdom in your intellect is intuition. So your intellect is that in you which converts knowledge to wisdom. It, it is, it is the, the muscle in you, the equipment in you that gives you a breath that allows you to take a step away from things. It is the very thing in you that thinks, that contemplates, that can reflect. I said the mind was impulsive. That's fine as long as the intellect is there and says, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hey, I really, I really want to go on this vacation right now. I've been, I've been dying to go on this vacation and all of a sudden this was offered to me and I, I just, I want to go. The mind's like, yes. The mind will literally say, you've wanted to go. You really need this. This is your time. You can even get off work. But it's the intellect that says, do you really want to go with this person? This person who you're going with is unhealthy for you. This person uh, triggers you in different ways. You have a history with this person. That See, the mind doesn't investigate. It's only happy about, yay, we're going to Hawaii. The intellect's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's look at the whole picture. Yeah, you're right. This would be great on all these levels. But what about this? What about this? Every time you've been with this person, it's disastrous. Every time you spent a day with this person, it's miserable. And now you're going to spend a week? No way. Then the mind will say something like, but they're paying. And there's no way I'll be able to pay for this. And there's no way this... See, the intellect is only concerned with what's healthy for you. 
What's right? What's the best, most healthy decision? Not even for you, but the intellect will look beyond yourself as well. It's not consumed with the best thing in the moment without looking beyond that and seeing what are the other consequences? What else am I not looking at? The mind is so tricky. It has us reasoning in a circle all the time. It has us coming back to answers that we want to hear. And it has us getting rid of the answers we don't want to hear. This is so important, folks, because the whole world is set up in a way where your mind is contacting other people's minds. This is what's going on in the world. This is what's going on in the economy. This is what's happening every day. My mind connects or disconnects with your mind. Nobody is thinking independently. And what's happening is it's creating addiction and attachments. It's breaking up relationships. It's prohibiting us from having conversations. It's creating sides and divisions. And an intellect, everybody, an intellect does the opposite. It creates inclusion. It creates communication. It creates a harmony even when two people vehemently disagree on things. This is why we're talking about this stuff because as we continue these podcasts, as we continue to build a relationship together, we are going to come back to this day in and day out because every single one of your issues boils down to your mind running the show and your intellect being dragged from behind. Every one of your problems, every ounce of your agitation, every bit of your stress comes from the mind. Your mind's the feeling center. The intellect doesn't feel any stress. So we've got to understand this in order for us to start to diagnose, to assess, to look at ourselves and look at the world and understand once and for all what's going on. If you want to change the world, you change yourself. For when you change yourself, you change every interaction you have. And that's the only way anything ever gets transformed. It's not by the world changing. It's by you changing. A different you is a different world. And you can never be different unless your intellect is in charge. Now, you're probably wondering, how do I develop this intellect? What do I do? Well, I'm going to give you that information, but I'm not going to give it to you now. All I want you to do now really is to sit back, think about what you've heard, and see if you can identify any of this. You know, ultimately, this isn't about me telling you about this philosophy. It's starting to activate your intellect by reflecting upon what's been said. There, you just got one hint of how you develop your intellect. Re-listen to this podcast, look at your notes, or do whatever you need to do. And in doing that, try to think independently of your beliefs, of your feelings, your likes and dislikes. So you move your mind aside for a minute so you can actually think objectively about what's been said 
and start to look objectively at your life and the life of others. I'm telling you, it works if you work it. So, with no further ado, I see my wife is making bizarre, strange hand gestures that are super annoying to my mind, but not to my intellect. And I'm assuming that means wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up. But to make her mind a little more agitated, I'll continue, I'll continue, I'll continue. Look for the similarities. Look for the things you identify with in this podcast and forget about the things you don't. And together, we'll forge out one hell of a relationship with ourselves, each other, and the rest of the world. My friends, this is EP signing off. Love you. Peace. Peace.